Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, welcome to another episode of the Surviving Second Gen Podcast. If you're here listening, thank you so, so much. Um, I'm back. And if you're upset that I took too long to come back because I did say I was going to come back in two weeks and it's been more than that, don't come for me. Okay, Um, because when I said that I wasn't lying in that moment, when I said it, I had every intention to be back in two weeks. However, life happens and I don't want to keep apologizing for life happening and me taking the time that I need to handle what I need to handle because it's not a bad thing. Like the things that I have been handling have been good for the most part. I mean, my practice is flourishing, so that keeps me really, really busy. So I still work, you know, my day-to-day, running my own business, my own practice. That's a lot. So yeah, I really do need to take time to shoot these, but it takes time between shooting it, then editing it, then, you know, putting out there. So that's why, okay? But I don't, you know, I can't, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, Um, I'm not going to promise every two weeks. I'm just not, I'm just not because I realized that I have a lot going on right now. Like currently there's so many moving parts that I have to take care of in my own life. Um, again, in good ways, but just different pieces of things that have to come together. So it makes it hard for me to sit down and remember, oh yeah, I got, I got something to, to shoot. Until like things just come up and I'm like, ooh, I need to talk about that. So that's what happened with me. Um, I was just like, ooh, I need to talk about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, forgive me not making promises about episodes as far as time-wise. I'm still going to shoot content, but I just, right now I can't say like every two weeks. But that's the, that's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. As far as like overall. When I can commit to every two weeks, I will let you know. Like all jokes aside, I will say, listen, every two weeks I'm dropping episode. Just like when I was doing it weekly. I was on it. So give me some slack. Cut me some slack, okay? But anyways, um, on today's episode, I want to talk, talk about um, being an adult who was raised by immigrant parents and especially strict immigrant parents, which a lot of them usually are, and how that creates um, an issue with trusting yourself. So the thing is, 
um, which we've talked about before in the past. The thing with immigrant parents is they come into a country that they don't know too much about, maybe a little bit, but literally they've never lived in that country. And they've had their own stuff that they dealt with in their country. And combining those two things makes it hard for them to navigate the country that they're in without being on edge, without being on watch, without being concerned that something may go wrong. So they're kind of always on just, you know, making sure that they're good, like on offense, defense. I'm not into sports, but, you know, they're always on the offense, I think, um, in the terms I'm trying to say. But they're always on, like, protect mode. Let me make sure that nothing happens in this situation that um, affects myself and my family negatively. So all the things that are common, quote unquote common to US society, um, for them is uncommon and they have to get used to it. And sometimes they don't ever get used to it, especially if they come to this country at an older age, right? There is like a range of different ages that, um, immigrant parents come to this country, you know, some come as young as their teens, but some come as old as their, you know, thirties, forties, fifties. So if you especially have like older immigrant parents, and when I say older, but just, I mean like not old, but older as if they've already like reached the middle of their adulthood. So maybe like 35 or something like that. It's going to be harder for them to accept all of the commonalities of the um, U.S. society, right? Um, and, I, and you can't blame them, you know? Like, if you've spent 30 years in the country that you were born in, you were raised there, you never left it, and it's a very heavy, um, it's a culture with a lot of influence most immigrant cultures are like the culture um, has a lot of deep-rooted values and beliefs in it it's not so easy to give that up and nobody says that you should right who says that you should give those things up but the issue becomes when these immigrant parents are raising immigrant um are raising second generation immigrant children who have to navigate being in the U.S. and having to also keep certain customs and traditions and ideas of their immigrant parents. The clashing of those two things is not easy to navigate. Um, and going back to going back to trust and being able to trust the move that you make if you have a parent that's always on edge and making you feel like you can't trust certain situations, certain people, certain environments, then, I mean, how are you going to learn what it is that you can and cannot trust, who it is that you can and cannot trust? If you have super strict parents who tell you you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't do that, 
then how do you know what it is that is going to work for you? What it is that is good for you as an individual? Again, going back to we live in a culture of an individualistic culture in the States. You have to be able to um, survive as an individual outside of your family system. Ideally, that's that's what they're looking for you to do. But when we think about immigrant um, immigrant communities, they're more collectivist societies where you do everything together as a family, as a community, and you're not really apart from your community. You never really leave that community. So you do tend to depend on that community for a lot, even your own decisions. The way the United States is set up, it's hard to stay in that community and be successful at the same time, if that makes sense. So that's not to say that you uh, should not be in the immigrant community that you are familiar with. But what I'm saying is when you're stuck in that community and you don't know anything outside of that community, there's a lot that you don't get exposed to or understand. Um, because the thing about the U.S., right, so the thing about the, 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 the country where your parents are from, there's only one type of culture and background. So it makes sense to live in this collective society where everybody thinks the same for the most part. Everybody does things the same. Everybody has the same values. So no matter what you're doing, you're going to be thriving if you stay within that community, if that makes sense. Versus when you live in the States, everybody is not your particular ethnicity. So everybody in the United States isn't from Haiti. So if you are in just the Haitian community for all of your life as a U.S. citizen, it's going to be hard for you to navigate all the other things and people and backgrounds and personalities and workplaces and all these things um, outside of Haitians, right? So that's why ultimately it doesn't work if you live in the States. It doesn't work to just be uh, stuck in and know only the community that you're in. But the collectivist mindset from immigrant parents makes you feel like that's how it should be. You should only be around your own kind, your own people, the only people you know. You know, if your friend is, you know, not Haitian, who are they? We don't know them because they're not Haitian. Or you question, you know, where, what are their motives, where their parents come from, what are their parents' belief beliefs versus if they're Haitian, you kind of know right off the bat, okay, this is what they believe, this is how they are, right? So what ends up happening, I think a lot of times is um, children of immigrants end up having to eventually leave their household or even within their household, basically as an adult, they have issues with understanding how to make decisions for themselves. 
So how do I, as an adult now, um, being held to an expectation by the society that I live in to do adult things, how do I do adult things if I've never was taught to do adult things, to do things outside of what my parents told me, what my cousins told me, what my aunts and uncles told me? How do I make decisions for myself that I feel confident in outside of what I was told I should be doing? There are people who struggle with making decisions about their careers, making decisions about their relationships, making decisions about their like personal, like whether to buy a house, you know, whether to live in a certain neighborhood, whether they should move out of the States or whatever it may be, they have an, uh, an, an issue making that decision and standing at that decision. Or sometimes even little things like buying something that you want to buy for yourself, you have to consult <laughs> because in your mind, it's only what your parents say and believe to be right. That is ultimately right. Everything else doesn't quite make sense or shouldn't be quite what you're doing. And therein lies the problem because um, again, in U.S. society, you can't really survive that way. Um, there comes a point, uh, basically the expectation, once you turn 18, basically the age that most people go to college, that you're able to make a lot of your decisions. I mean, and depending on the state too, because um, I know even in, in Washington state, when once I moved out here in Washington, I was kind of surprised how much autonomy that children or adolescents have because once you are 13 years and older you have all rights to your medical records and your parents have no rights to those records so if you go to the doctor you go to a mental health counselor um, a therapist, your parents cannot see anything that goes on they can't sign any of the paperwork your doctor can only talk about things with your parents if you let them. That's in the state of Washington. So imagine that, right? Imagine, and I didn't, I didn't even grow up here, but imagine as a 13-year-old and going to the doctor with my Haitian parents and them telling my parents that they can't be in the room with me to discuss certain things or I have to sign the paperwork and because I said that I don't want them to you know, see what I'm talking about, they can't. Imagine, woo child, if I ever like signed off and said that, well, I don't even have to sign off, but basically if I ever said to my doctors that, you know, I don't want my parents in the room with me or I don't want them access to my records, <laughs> that, that would be a problem. That, that wouldn't go so well in my household. Because 13, I mean, even outside of like immigrant parents, I mean, just uh, parents that are um, from the States who, you know, are not immigrant back backgrounds. When I tell them that sometimes as a therapist, when I was working with um, teens, they, some of them were like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I can't access their records. Even for the most, even though for the most part, when parents, you know, allow or want their child to go to therapy, 
they understand that, you know, you know, that child has the, the, the right to have their privacy. So, you know, for the most part, they're okay with me not like saying, spilling everything that their child told me. But for some parents, they take their child to therapy and they kind of want to get like an update of like, hey, you know, what's going on with so-and-so? And I have to tell them that I can't give them that information because they have rights and they're not, I'm not allowed to talk about what we talk about in session, even though they are under the age of 18, because 13 is, is that cutoff in Washington state where you can't talk about anything with parents. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, but I say all that to say that there's an expectation, um, overall in the country, each state is different, but overall in the country where there's a level of independence that's expected for a child you know there's a level of this is this is what you know this this person should be able to do at this age but it's hard to make that transition um when you haven't been set up to make that transition and I think that's where the issue lies for a lot of young adult immigrant children, um, especially women. Um, I've talked a bit about how misogynistic the immigrant cultures can be. A lot of immigrant cultures, they just are misogynistic. I mean, inherently, there's always, there's inherently, there's a lot of value placed on males there's a lot of value placed on firstborns. Firstborn males, that combination is like you're the golden child. Um, there's a lot of devaluing that happens with women. There's a lot of restrictive um, acts and uh, ways of thinking when it comes to women compared to men. Um, so, you know, a woman and a girl and a boy in the household can be the same age, but the amount of independence that that boy gets versus the girl is totally different, totally different because they expect for you as a, as a girl to not do anything that puts you at risk, quote unquote, um, that gives you any labels, that makes you look a certain way. And that's not really the expectation for guys. <laughs> like literally, um, guys could do whatever, whatever, you know, they could get away with whatever. Like, oh, it's such a, it's such a deeper conversation, but it sets up a lot of women, um, to not, to be ill-prepared to be independent. Because ultimately, ultimately, the underlying idea for women um, in immigrant communities is to not be independent. <laughs> like, let's, let's really talk about it. Because in immigrant communities, we're not raising women to be independent women. That's not what we're doing. Like... Uh, and, and again, there's a range in this mentality. Um, I think that uh, moms can talk about what they wish for their, their, their child and um, what they 
hope for them in, in sense in the sense of like this is what I want you to do that I didn't get to do but ultimately overall overall um women in immigrant communities are not being raised to be independent um we are raised to wait for a man to marry us and take a take us out of our households because god forbid a woman becomes an adult and she says she wants to move out and live on her own lord have mercy <laughs> the whole world is falling apart because how could you as a woman go out and live on your own without a husband who does that who like who does that because what what is your intention what is your intention and that's actually something <laughs> that my parents actually the very first time I decided that I wanted to live my own what is you know what what is the reason well why do you want to live on your own? what is it that you want to be able to do on your own uh just want to be an adult that has my own space <laughs> like that doesn't have to live under my parents that that's that's all no I'm not there's no intention there's no ulterior motive I just I just would like my own space because I'm <laughs> you know I'm not 12 you know that's all um but yeah like it's not normal it's not normal for young women to go out and live on their own right so if we're going to so if we're not raising women to be independent we're waiting for them to be saved to be saved to be saved by someone who can take care of them um and the thing is a lot of women in general uh, not just immigrant women a lot of women nowadays are doing way more than they were before. The I'm going to wait for a man to marry me so I can be financially well or stable. That's not a thing anymore um, because there's so much more opportunity, right? Um, and I think that that is celebrated to an extent in like I said like I think other generations being able to see that and being able to be proud that women are doing more um especially in immigrant communities and they have more um power to do that or opportunity to do that but I don't think that it's praised more than finding a husband and getting married and doing that like, I think that if a woman is, has no degrees and gets married to a man who can take care of her, she'll be celebrated more than a woman who has three degrees, no husband, living on her own. Like, just saying that out loud, I really, really do believe in the immigrant community a woman who doesn't have the degrees but has a man celebrated more. It's just like that's what you are essentially growing up to do. Versus a guy who financially gets himself together, is super smart, is a doctor, um, is going to be celebrated more than him like getting married. Him getting married is cool. 
it's more so him having children and like continuing the legacy that's cool but him getting married isn't as big of a deal as him like getting to the top of his career can we talk about it you know like that's 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 what I see that's what I see um so that's frustrating because I think again we live in a society now where this mentality to be saved by a man so you can be able to live the life you want is not existent because most women can live the life they want on their own if anything they just want a man for companionship you know somebody to to live their life with not somebody to come save them from their life but do you know how many women (laughs) that I know in immigrant communities that got with men so they can be saved from their life saved from the community that they were you know supposed to stay in forever that's why they got married that's why they you know got with somebody so they can be saved from that community listen Everybody's circumstance is different. Everybody has things they got to do. Um, I just, for me, for me personally, do not think that I can do that. Well, I know that I can't do that. And I don't think it's okay for anyone else to have to do that. Again, people do what they have to do. And I think it's tough. And I don't judge people for doing those things. Um, but I don't think it's fair. I don't think they should have to do those things or be placed in situ- situations where they feel like that's what they have to do. Um, I think that immigrant parents need to raise children to be more independent. We live in a society where independence is important. It does not mean that now that, that they are independent that they cannot still uh, rely on their family for things or be in community with their family, be, um, close to their family, um, be understanding of customs and traditions. That's not what that means. It just means that they know how to live a life outside of what their family says and does. It means that even if their parents or somebody else is not around, they still know how to survive. It means that they can make choices for themselves, um, especially good choices for their future. Because I think what immigrant parents don't realize is when you don't give your child that sense of independence, they end up being adults that make terrible choices. Like, terrible choices. Because again, you're not going to be able to make choices for them forever. You're just not. Again, especially in the society we live in, you just don't have that power or or control so when you don't allow your kids to be in certain situations so they can make choices for themselves they get in situations that they they don't even know how they got into it they get in situations that are so hard to navigate they don't even know how to get out of it they get in situations that you're just like probably puzzled by because You never gave them the opportunity to critically think on their own. And when they're stuck in a situation that you're just not there for, because again, you can't physically be there for everything. 
you're sometimes you're not just a phone call away and they have to make a decision on the spot because they're not physically next to you and they can't they're crippled like they're literally like just stuck and they just making they just end up making irrational decisions and then all ish hits the fan like that's not the way to raise children that's just not the way to do it um immigrant parents need to learn how to give immigrant children a sense of independence and i promise if you do it right you're going to raise really great children who know how to make decisions who know how to think things through um who know how to take um take good risk you know not like anything crazy but they take the risk that they need to take to further their lives you know career-wise personal-wise um and not be stuck because why would you want a kid that's stuck who literally can't do anything without you because again god forbid you know you pass away as as a parent and your child is just stuck because they don't have any any kind of idea like how to take certain steps, how to make certain moves, how to do certain things. That's not ideal. That's not what you should want. So I really want, you know, um, immigrant parents to, 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 to really learn how to let go of just holding on and pulling them, pulling them back, pulling immigrant children back and holding on to ideas and customs that are um, not fruitful in the society that children of immigrants are currently living in, right? So they're not living in their home country. If they were, it would look different. But to be living in this current country where we're at and to have them feel like they have to um, be super dependent on family um, to the point where they can't make their decisions on their own is not helpful. It really, really isn't. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of children who are struggling to trust themselves before because of it. Um, and they have to go through all these negative experiences to now know, oh, this wasn't, this wasn't the best thing. This wasn't the best thing. And, um, that can push them back, whether it's months or a year or a few years that could push them back. And that's just, again, not ideal. So, um, I want to make a part two for this episode, because I want to go more into how um, children of immigrants so can learn to build this trust um, on their own um, and not be bound by, you know, their immigrant parents or communities' ideas um, and learn to build their own ideas, learn to understand themselves learn to, yeah, just have a overall greater sense of self, um, as they navigate this world. Uh, so 
stay tuned for the next episode where we go a little bit more into learning to trust yourself as a child of immigrants. So thank you for tuning in to this episode that we're in today. I will see you all at the next one. Come back for part two of this episode today. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.